Cal State San Marcos announced Wednesday that two key executives have left the university, the interim provost and the dean of graduate students. The changes came on the evening before the release of a critical audit that showed how top CSUSM officials use university funds for first-class flights and five-star hotels. The UT Watchdog has been investigating the spending since 2019, and now new details have come to light. For the San Diego Union Tribune, I'm Daniel Wheaton, and this is your San Diego News Fix. a deeper understanding of what's going on at CSU San Marcos. We have two members of the Watchdog team. We have Morgan Cook and Jeff McDonald. Let's start at the beginning. When did we first see signs of wrongdoing at CSU SM? We received a tip uh, in the mail and letting us know that, you know, there were concerns about misspending uh, for business expenses and travel by administrators at the school. Um, so we made public records requests. And in July, we, uh, we wrote an article about our findings. And we found all kinds of seemingly questionable expenditures for, you know, $500 car rides to Los Angeles airport and $110 steak and $635 a night hotel rooms in Spain. And uh, so we wrote about that. And then we broadened our investigation and wrote about expenses of other officials, including the former president of CSUSM. And so what were some of the kind of moments when you realized that this was bigger than one instance, that in a sense that it was kind of a culture of spending? Well, people were signing, were signing off uh, on the reimbursements. And so it couldn't be just one person acting alone. Uh, so we wanted to see who was signing off, what their expenses were like, uh, you know, and so forth. Mm-hmm. So essentially getting the full picture of this is how the money was flowing from one part to the end. Right. We just wanted to do the due diligence and make sure that the people signing off on the expenses were not also uh, making questionable expenses. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jeff, who are some of the individuals that uh, were called out in this series of reporting? Uh, the former dean, Michael Schroeder, uh, was the main uh, person. Uh, now, part of his job was to travel uh, the globe and recruit students to the university. So the travel itself is not what was mostly in question. It was the places he would stay, mm-hmm. uh, hiring private drivers while he was traveling, uh, racking up very nice meals, wine, bringing his wife and kids on trips with him, things like that. So he's the main uh, person who went on leave right after we asked about the uh, uh, spending. Uh, but the former president, Karen Haynes, she too, uh, she liked to hire limousines and take limousine rides up to Long Beach for the trustees meetings. Uh, she used to hire limousines to go to nonprofit galas uh, to represent the university. So she too liked to, she stayed in a $760 a night hotel in Seville, wow. Spain, uh, which is a very nice place. We looked it up online and it's, it's a lovely uh, resort. Oh man, it's so pretty. But... Those are taxpayer funds for those pretty hotels. Correct. When you stay at the pretty hotel, better to do it with your own money. Mm -hmm. And it's worth noting that the CSU system, you know, serves a wide swath of taxpayers, and many of its students are not of means. Well, the thing about San Marcos is uh, it has a huge percentage of first-in-the-family uh, to go to college students mm-hmm. like its student body has a, a preponderance of uh, I don't know that it's a majority but it has a quite a few first-time college attendees uh, what's more 
uh, need is so pervasive there. They actually have a food bank on campus that mm-hmm. serves the students because a lot of them have to choose between books, classes, and food. So th- to see this kind of spending at a campus like San Marcos, which is you know, designed to serve you know, strivers, people who want to get educated and make a professional career for themselves, it's, uh, it's pretty uh, galling. Mm-hmm. And uh, there were some several protests from the students uh, after this reporting as well. So uh, the latest news is that we have a new audit. What's in there? Uh, it's a uh, it's the special investigation conducted by the chancellor's office that the university has been saying has been forthcoming for five six months. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's pretty comprehensive. It's about twenty eight pages. Uh, it basically examines two years worth of spending by Dean Schroeder and limits uh, its findings to him. Uh, we have pressed them for follow up information about why it does not include the former president or some of the, the provost or some of the other senior officials. Uh, and uh, their answer, which just came over uh, a little while ago, was that they did review that as part of their due diligence. They found some policy violations, but none that rose to the level of fraud. Uh, well, that raises the question of whether the policy violations are going to be tolerated, whether the university plans to try and claw back some of that money from these former officials, mm-hmm. uh, all of which they can do. Or maybe they refer it to the attorney general or to the district attorney because they say in their report it's fraud. Uh, that's a criminal offense. You can't steal money. Uh, maybe they'll be referring it. They, they d- did not answer that question when we pressed them on it. Mm-hmm. So an answer may come in the coming weeks, but certainly not now. Not today, I don't think. Right. And of course, we'll make inquiries. Mm-hmm. So do we have any reason or understanding as to why the audit only focused on one individual and not, you know, everyone else? Because it seems kind of odd to, you know, limit the kind of investigation to one individual. Do you think this is intentional or something? I don't know that it's intentional. Uh, when I asked that question, so let me explain uh, we don't have conversations with them the way you and I are speaking mm-hmm. right now. They don't, uh, they don't uh, always grant interviews. So these are email responses to questions we've posed to them by email. Uh, the answer to why the scope was limited to Michael Schroeder uh, that I just got back was that uh, it wasn't. They looked at, uh, well, the initial request for an investigation regarded Mr. Schroeder. In the course of performing that due diligence, they did examine spending by the president, the provost, and others. Mm-hmm. Uh, they found some policy violations related to that spending, uh, but none that amounted to fraud. Uh, well, that's their answer. I, I sent some yeah. follow-up questions that haven't been forthcoming. Mm-hmm. So when it gets to this point of, let's say, it gets referred to the district attorney and there's prosecution, what are the kind of, uh, you know, what happens to you if you get found guilty of fraud? Well, that's up to a court of law, a jury, a judge, Mm -hmm. prosecutors, uh, as far as a sentencing recommendation. That's way down the road Mm -hmm. if and when uh, they do charge anything. I I think it's um, notable that the university used the word fraud and fraudulent repeatedly in its findings. Uh, That's not by accident, uh, and it's no small thing that they did that. But again, in pressing them on whether they're going to refer the case to prosecutors, Mm -hmm. they won't respond to that question. So there we are. Yeah, but is it possible that the prosecutors themselves just take the case themselves? or Yes, they yeah. read the newspaper. We know that. We'll from... be making some inquiries. We're going to mm-hmm. make some inquiries. Yeah, so that will happen sometime in the future. 
So um, as you've been kind of looking at the spending of CSUSM, how have you noticed any changes in the past couple months as this reporting is coming out, or has things kind of stayed the same at the university? I think things have stayed mostly the same at the university, mm-hmm. although they have been working on you know, tightening up their policies for the process of reimbursement and you know what's allowable. And so it's not like they haven't been making any efforts. Um, we've just been very curious to, uh, to know about their findings and to see what kind of progress they've made. Mm-hmm. Well, they did say they would create the position of an internal auditor and expect to fill that position later this year. So that's something. Yeah, that's progress. Mm-hmm. Yeah, having something like that is kind of needed in this situation, it seems like. And finally, what are some lingering questions that you hope to have answered in the coming weeks in this story? I would love to know what, what they're going to do, if anything, to try to recover any of the money that they uh, found was fraudulently spent. Uh, I'd like to know if there will be any criminal activity, you know, investigation-wise, um, any criminal investigation. And, uh, and I would like to know what they're doing to make sure that this is isolated to the people that they have, uh, that they have pulled the reports for the audit. We did request and receive uh, spending records from the first quarter of this fiscal year, and those did show a decline in travel spending, notably by the new president. Uh, So we'll be following that, and we'll wait probably till the end of this fiscal year to request spending records through June 30th, and we'll see what gives when uh, we get those uh, records back sometime next this coming summer. All right. Morgan Cook, Jeff McDonald, thank you both so much. Thank you. Thank you. In other accountability news, according to the latest data from the city, about one in four transactions made by San Diego City employees on taxpayer-funded procurement cards were against the rules. A total of 680 transactions failed a review by the city's procurement card program administrator from January 2017 through November 2019. Some of these purchases include upgrades to airline seats, nearly $400 worth of earrings from Boca Raton's glamour goddess jewelry, and a May 2018 payment to a premium version of Uber. Thanks for listening to the San Diego News Fix, which goes live weekdays at 5 p.m. On weekday mornings, you can also hear a quick rundown of local weather and headlines. Just tell your smart speaker to launch the San Diego Union Tribune. You can also get the Flash Briefing as a podcast. For a full listing of our audio offerings, go to unionchip.com slash podcasts. Until next time.